welcome to the Free Life Podcast, Free Life Leadership Podcast. I'm here. Uh, my name is Austin Kaiser. I am the host of the Free Life Leadership Podcast. And if you know anything about this podcast, you know that we are on a journey uh, as students of leadership trying to figure out the best ways we can learn to lead, not only in our homes, but as pastors, as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, or just managers of our spaces. And, uh, and we're going to do that with a Christian context. And here today, I have none other than Josh Kachadorian. All right, some credentials are he's a husband, a dad, uh, number one bestselling author on Amazon, a host of a podcast, a cool one called Raising the Standard Podcast. He's a businessman, an entrepreneur. Most importantly, he's a man after God's heart. Josh, how are you doing today? Austin, man, I've been looking forward to this. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be on here. What you're doing is so important with this podcast, talking about leadership. I believe it's on God's heart, and I'm just excited to have this conversation with you. Awesome, man. Um, well, just to jump right in, we want to keep these podcasts at about 30 minutes. And so to jump in today, I just want to talk about raising the standard. It seems to be exactly what you're all about with S59, and I'll give you an opportunity to kind of uh, tell us about Oh, what that is with S59, the books that you've written, this one, namely The Standard, um, Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity. I've enjoyed looking through this book. I've not read it in its entirety yet, but I'm on my way to my reading list. This summer has been ridiculous, and so I'm finally here at your book. Um, it's timely, too, because we get this opportunity to do the podcast. So today's topic, raising the standard. Why don't you let us in on a little bit of what you do, what S59 is, and uh, the main idea behind the standard. Hey, family, I just want to take this time during this video to remind you that you can help support the Free Life Leadership Podcast by clicking the link above in the corner or down in the description below. It goes straight to our Patreon account, and there you can find out all the ways you can help support this podcast. Let's get back to the video. Yeah. So I'll, thanks for the opportunity. I'll start with a quick introduction, just so listeners, you know who I am and where I'm coming from. My name is Josh Cachadori and I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I have three children. And uh, most importantly, I'm a disciple. I'm a son of God. And that's where I get my identity from. And that's what I'll start with, because when we talk about raising the standard, whenever we talk about leadership, especially in a men's space, and we're talking to, to men, we normally find that we've been programmed from a very young age to find our identity in a lot of other things outside of our relationship with God as Father. So that's why I opened up with who am I before I get into what I do, because the typical thing, and I'm guilty of it, I've done this through the course of my life, and it takes some rewiring sometimes, but we usually identify ourselves, Austin, by what we do. Right. And if two guys meet each other for the first time, whether we're sitting on an airplane or I bump into you at the gym or we're waiting in line at the coffee shop, Normally what happens within the first five, 10 minutes or so, we're eventually going to get to that question, what do you do for a living? And from right there, uh, a standard emerges. It's not necessarily God's standard, but a standard will emerge of how do I measure up? Who am I? And depending what my value system is, that's going to depend on how I see myself and, and see the man that I'm speaking with. So um, I opened up with that just to talk about it's important for our identity piece. So um, as I progress, I'll tell you a little bit more about me. Um, I've been in the corporate business world um, for over the past 20 years. I started as an entrepreneur. I, I sold fitness equipment. I 
I owned and managed retail locations, brick and mortar shops. This is before social media went crazy and the internet was a big, big thing. Uh, but I started with one shop. I grew it to three shops. And then eventually during that journey, I got married. I decided I wanted a change from the entrepreneurship grind that I was in. And I made the jump over into the corporate world. And that's where the Lord placed me. He opened up some incredible doors for me. There's been a lot of acceleration, a lot of promotion there, um, a lot of learning in the world and its systems. And it's really like getting an education. I, I say this, I, I think this is what it aligns with the most if we're looking for a biblical paradigm. It's like being sent to Egypt to, to learn the ways of the world and how they do leadership. And I was on a track there where I was in sales, specialty sales. I got into training. Um, I became a manager, a leader of other people. And then I went into leadership development where I developed other leaders in the company and also did some and still do account management. And then in addition to that, you know, we we have these things we do as men, but then there's also this this call, this something within us that's that wants something bigger than what we're doing. Because no matter where you are listening from right now, whatever station in life you find yourself in, we're not defined by what we do. So whatever you do for a living, that's not the ultimate destiny for you necessarily. There's other right. things God's placed in you. There's gifts, skills, things that you have to develop and partner with. And that's where Standard 59 was launched. There's a website, standard59.com. And I started with writing this book called The Standard. And I'll let you take me from there, but that's a brief intro. So everyone listening knows where I come from and a little bit, little bit of background. Yeah, super interesting. And some of the conversation that we've already had prior to this podcast um, has you, you've kind of went more in detail with your, the whole concept of Egypt. And, and I love that what you talk about often, uh, about how your story is a story of going to Egypt to learn the, uh, the, the traits and, and, and how to operate, uh, within the world to give you like almost a bilingual experience. You're able to, as a Christian man, operate in the secular world and be that light shining, uh, in the darkness. And so it's so interesting how you put that together, how you correlate those things. I'm so thankful for uh, uh, how you share that. Yeah. You know, let me just make a quick comment on that because sometimes depending your stream of Christianity, your background, maybe you were taught you had to escape the world or I got to run away or I got to be really careful or, or keep my guard up all the time. Right. And what I see in scripture is, you know, Moses starts out in Egypt. So he gets an education on leadership and training and he's immersed in the Egyptian system. Then we see Joseph, he gets it on the other side. He, he gets sent into Egypt. That's part of his promotion. And even Daniel, you know, Daniel goes into Babylon and there's one verse in Daniel that will really, it really stuck out to me. And I'll share it with you. It says that Daniel was skilled in the language of the Chaldeans. So he could speak their language and he was he was a standout. He had excellence. So he had a spirit of excellence upon him. So that's part of the message as well as we're called as men to be leaders. And that's leading where we are, wherever you find yourself in life right now. And that's what we should be committed to. Absolutely. Well, to uh, to get started, let's talk about raising the standard. Let's talk about which it happens to be the name of your podcast. Everybody who's watching now or listening, please just press pause right now. Go subscribe, go like, go follow Raising the Standard. I listen to it weekly or trying to as I catch up. Um, and it is an amazing podcast. Just got to uh, say that. But um, Raising the Standard the standard, which happens to be the title of this book. Tell us like, what made you write the book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, let me start with where I where I just left off. And thank you for the words about the podcast. Really appreciate that. And I'm honored to have you as a listener and anyone else who listens in. So the standard is something that I saw in the life of Jesus. So I, I just painted this picture for you guys that I have this leadership background, right? I, I've grown up in church, so I know the Bible, I know scripture. And I found myself in 2016 reading the scripture again, but I was reading the gospels. And this time I had a different lens. I wasn't just looking at the words of Jesus. I started seeing things and I was aligning from my background in leadership, from my background of managing a team, of leading a team and developing high performance leaders and salespeople. And I was watching what Jesus was doing, not necessarily just what he was saying, but I was looking at all these other themes just started to come out to me in vivid color as I was doing my devotionals. And I started journaling about it. And so I will say, I never started off to say, hey, I'm going to write a book. It started off as a devotion. It started off as just spending time with the Lord. And as I started to put this together, I said, you know, there's something here. I want to develop this. And then along the path, I'm just like, okay, I think this is a book. And then there was an urgency of, okay, now I got to get it done and get it out there. So that's the genesis of how the standard came into being. Wow. Yes. And I must say, just looking through and kind of uh, thumbing through the book uh, as I've had time to do so, man, I can tell that this isn't something that's flippantly written. It's not something that just uh, was uh, It's like, hey, I want to be an author. I can tell that it's authentic when you say it started out of devotion. And, uh, and I truly see that. I have here some research statistics from Pew Research. It says 50% of men in America seldom to never read scripture. Other statistics say that uh, about 30% at least read once a week, 10% read uh, once or twice a month, 9% several times a year. But again, uh, 50% seldom to never read scripture and 1% doesn't even know. Um, do you agree that this could possibly be the reason for some misidentification or confusion uh, regarding masculinity in Christian homes today? Yes, and I think it's much bigger than that, too. I mean, when we talk about what is a man, what's his role, what does he do? We get, as Christians, as believers, we get that concept from Scripture. We see that clearly outlined through the Bible, and there's a mandate on every man's life. I think that there's also misconceptions about masculinity because they've watched the church maybe not do a great job with what a man is. Bingo. I think there's been, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you comment on that. Go ahead. Well, not to cut you off, just uh, no, I feel like we are in this seeker sensitive uh, culture in our or seeker sensitive Christian culture today. And as a modern, I would say a modern preacher, uh, a, uh, not an elder preacher, uh, a younger preacher in today's culture, uh, I tend to, and this is just the elephant in the room, I tend to draw a younger crowd. I tend to draw a more contemporary crowd, and that's okay. But I think with that comes some expectation that I'm supposed to uh, cater to uh, a, a lot of worldly uh, needs, uh, seeker sensitive needs, things like not being so bold or rash about what the Bible says about masculinity or the man in the home. I'm literally studying for a sermon series and not to get off on a tangent, but I'm literally studying right now, uh, for a sermon series that I'll preach, um, coming soon called home team. And it's literally all about 
the um the well just a just a snippet the very first message yo-yos in the locker room and it literally i know it sounds crazy but it's the locker room concept uh you can be losing a game but if you've won the locker room then that uh adds a whole different um a whole different vibe to the game a whole different vibe to the team and correlating that with our families you know our families are our church. It is our first, uh, as men, it is our first uh, line of ministry. It is who we are called to lead first and foremost is our families, our wives, our children, as we receive leadership and direction from the Lord. And so it's like a yo-yo. If you'll grasp, if you'll, if you'll get this with me for a second, um, as leadership comes from Jesus down to the man, to the wife, to the children, and the children obey the direction of the parents and the wife submits to the husband as the husband loves the wife, right? It It's like it flows down and, 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 and glory and praise to the Lord goes straight back up. So it's a yo-yo effect uh, when operated uh, the way God designed it. So it's a yo-yo in the locker room. But not to preach the awesome. whole message here, I feel like today's Christian culture would much rather sit on a pew, consume a good word, an encouraging word from uh, the Bible, but don't step on my toes and please don't talk to me about being a real man uh, for the Lord. And I think because of that, uh, topics like this and research studies like Pew Research, as it talks about, you know, uh, how many men are actually reading scripture, that's a touchy subject. And people, people tend to want to shy away from talking about uh, true masculinity in the church because of some sort of, I don't know, fear of, or, or regret of the past. I don't know. It's culture today, but I just don't, I can't get with the weird expectation for a younger preacher to to kind of stay off cultural uh, elephants like that. Yeah, I have a few comments. That sounds like an amazing message, Austin. I'm going to have to check it out when you drop it. Um, let me for like a little history lesson here. This is in the beginning of the standard. Um, you may not have gotten to this point yet, but so we have to acknowledge a couple things. You said the elephant in the room. Here's the elephant in the room with church and it's changing, but I'm going to give a quick history lesson for those listening and those interested. Um, let me just say this. Christianity has been feminized. Okay, now what do I mean by that? Like, what, what are you saying? If we actually look at the history of Christianity, I'm talking specifically in this nation, but I have friends in other nations and it's a similar story there. But if we look at around the Industrial Revolution, before the Industrial Revolution, we had an agricultural type economy. The man was the head of the home. He was in the home right? He was working the land. He was providing for himself. Think if I got any people that are a little bit older, maybe my age, think Little House on the Prairie, right? Like you're working the homestead, the wife's there. You got an awesome family. You're the leader of your house and you're doing everything together. And it's just a really good picture of what family looks like in a traditional sense. And there's nothing wrong with where we are now either, but let's talk about what happened as the world became more industrialized. So the industrial revolution happens. And what happens? The guys leave the farm. They go to the city. They go to the factories. And as they go there, they start to become a little bit more worldly and they forfeit the spiritual leadership of their house and they leave it to the women. 
So their wives now have to fill the void of being the spiritual head of the house. They're the ones doing the Bible stories. They're the ones teaching. Guess what? They're the ones going to church every Sunday, and they're the biggest uh, population within the church because the guys started to drift away. Not all of them, but majority. And then what happens? You have this vicious cycle. So there's more women in the church. You have a pastor that's leading the church, but it's all women. So let's do the decor and make it really nice and attractive so we get the women to stay and we let them have all these different things they can do within the church, which by all means, women women are leaders as well. But Praise what I'm the Lord for the at, women of the church. Yes, absolutely. 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 And praise the Lord for praying women because I'm the result mm -hmm. of a praying mama. So I have, there's, there's no, there's nothing here. Women belong at our side and they were taken out of our side. So when we look at the history in American church, is that the programs, everything started catering to women. And what it did was it pushed men away even further. So they already weren't coming. And that still stuck with us. I can still think about the church I grew up in. I can think about some pastel colors or some nice photos. It's, you know, we don't have to have a man cave. And I think it's been getting a lot better. But there's some things there that cause this divide, cause this gap. Maybe that identifies with you, maybe not. I think things are shifting and changing in the right direction, but that is a part of our history. And then we also have the way the world sees Jesus, the way they perceive him. They don't perceive him as a masculine man. They think of Jesus yes. usually as like this long-haired, hippie, teacher of peace, and he's just preaching love and acceptance, and they don't have a full picture of all of what he brings to the earth, all of what his mission is, and all of what he calls us to be. So we also, let's add one more layer, you know, when we look at Christian men's ministries, for the most part, not all of them, but in my experience, Christian guys are nice guys. We're really welcoming. We're soft. There's a look, a softness to it because it's ministry. And we haven't done a great job of showing men exactly who they're called to be and what that looks like. So that's some of the touchiness, Austin, when we talk about, you know, the church and Christianity, but that's all getting changed right now because what's happening in the world, and I see it everywhere. And when you see themes happening just across the, the landscape of culture, it also shows you what's important and what's on God's heart, because I'm seeing more and more men's movements rise up. Not necessarily Christian, but it still shows you the earth. The men are crying out for something and they're looking to be filled. They're looking to fill that gap. Now, I don't endorse all of them, but they're looking for something to latch onto because they were never told who they were. And then we're even seeing an uprising in more Christian circles, praise God, of more guys filling the gap. There's leadership emerging and there's places to plug into. Absolutely. And I love everything you just said. Um, these are some of the things that are said on in, in most, if not all, men's retreats, men's conferences, things like this. Uh, but we we like the vast majority of the Christian culture does not acknowledge these things. Uh, 3.5 percent of families get saved if the child is saved first. 17 percent of families get saved if the wife is saved first. But get this, this is crazy. 93 percent of families will all receive salvation and get saved if the husband is saved first. I think as, and I say that to say this, I think uh, God has designed it the way he's designed it on purpose. The man is important in, in the leadership role of the family uh, for more than just uh, being the strong arm, the protection and provision um, 
of physical needs. I think he, uh, a man is, is designed to lead spiritually within the home. And when a man operates within his in, in, intention, or I mean, within his original design from the Lord, things go well, just like the 93% of all families that get saved because the husband gets saved first. I think yes. there's a generational thing. You brought up some history. I think there's a general uh, generational thing, and I think I'm a part of it. I think there was a huge movement at some point in time, two generations ago, a huge movement. We know uh, that uh, the Lord uh, did huge things during the ministries of like Billy Graham and D.L. Moody and people of those of that caliber. And we can name plenty of our heroes, but just uh, just some names that everybody would know there. There was a huge movement, a lot of men, a lot of women, a lot of families being saved. And then things happened within history where church was no longer a priority. I think, and to go along with what you just said, I think some of what we're seeing now is this new movement of the Lord, something the Lord is stirring up, something the Lord is doing within the men, how we have seen as men, as people, as leaders, not only in our households, but businesses uh, or or just anywhere else that we manage in, in our spaces, uh, we are seeing that there's a need for men after God's heart. And I think your book is so timely. And I think things like this podcast and things like home team message series uh, coming up at Overcome Church, just a plug there. Um, things like these are necessary. I think God is trying to communicate to the men of this world that, hey, I've put you in a position on purpose. You are purposefully positioned to lead not only in your workspaces, but in your home. First and foremost, lead in your home. And I think men are grasping that. I think men are getting a hold of that, learning from the word of God. And I know that 50% of men don't read the Bible at all, according to this statistic, but the more Bible that men will actually read and get a hold of for themselves, I think the more we will see an increase in Christian men truly leading their households and leading their families in the way that they should go. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said was awesome there, Austin. I'll just add a few things onto that. I mean, what you mentioned was original intent. How did God originally design us? Guys, if you want to know what your mandate is, you have a leadership mandate on your life. And I sum it up in three points here. Um, number one, if we look at any leadership program, you whether you go to the world, church, the Bible, let's just talk about leadership for a moment because that's what this show is about. You have to lead yourself. All leadership starts with self-leadership. And that's the ability to take dominion over yourself. And we see that theme all through scripture. And this is what we're admonished to do all through the New Testament. You know, put on the new self, put off the old self, lay down, you know, those things that easily beset us, those things that um, are pulling us in the wrong direction, making decisions, making choices out of our new identity as a son of God, which empowers and enables us to be the leader we're called to be. And when we lead ourselves, we will be a great example. And we're also qualified to lead our family because that is our first ministry after ministry to the Lord. And I love that you said that earlier, Austin, because um, as a pastor, I got a lot of respect for that because that this is where people get sidetracked. They, they're looking for 
you know, maybe if it's another pastor listening to this, they make their ministry the number one thing. If it's um, someone with a passion project or you're a business guy and you're hiding right now or you're running from being the leader of your house and you're burying yourself in business or you're you're finding recreational outlets or activities or something to get away from your responsibility. And usually what that stuff is, is, is a, it's a form of medication. So instead of self-leadership, it ends up being like self-medication because I just want to numb the pain because there's things I got to deal with. There's things that I have to come to terms with. And you have to acknowledge I might have like damaged some bridges here and I haven't been the man I was supposed to be and I made mistakes and some repair and restoration needs to be done. So that takes a man to level up and say, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to change today. I'm going to be the man of my family and I'm going to restore things um, in my family situation instead of always running to other things that are that are calling out to us. So I think it's so important where you're going with this. And I love that concept of you know God's original intent for us. And we can see that all through the Genesis account. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, we have just a few more minutes left. Um, could you please give us some of your ideas of what God truly expects of the man today? Give us some practical, like uh, just in your context, some practical ideas of what God is expecting from men today. Right. Awesome question. So I just hit one of them, which is learning how to lead yourself, right? So we have to be totally submitted to the will of God and, and have a relationship with him. So the number one thing in my life, Austin, and for all you men that are listening, this has to be the number one thing in your life is ministry to the Lord, your time with Jesus. You know, you talked about reading the Bible. It's not just about reading in an academic sense. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the word. You guys want wisdom. Right now, there's guys listening to this. You want to be the best at what you're doing. You're going to need wisdom for that. Well, guess what? Jesus is wisdom. If you want to grow, if you want wisdom, if you want to be the man that God calls you to be, then you have to spend time with Jesus. And that looks like a morning devotion. That that can be easy. It doesn't have to be this big thing. It could be a five minute, you know, reading and prayer and just saying, I need some help. You can start there. And as you progress, you can develop your relationship with the Lord by going to overcoming church, listening to podcasts, reading good books, getting mentoring. So that would be my first step is drawing close to the Lord and getting around other strong Christian men. But there's a mandate on your life. And in the standard, I talk about these six dimensions that I look at in the life of Jesus. There's many more than this, but we start with self-mastery. So here's my blueprint that I go by. Self-mastery is that whole leader, self-leadership component, using dil discipline, using diligence to, to be good and to, to honor the Lord with all of our gifts, our talents, and our abilities, and to develop those. Next, we have leadership, and we talked about that already, so I have a whole section on leadership. I get into communication. It's the way we speak to people. It's the way we speak to our families. It's the way we show up. We also talk about empathy, because there's this strong masculine picture of a guy who's like, ready to protect and defend. And that is an aspect of our masculinity, but we also have to have the meekness that Jesus shows. And meekness is not weakness. That's just power under control where I can go from a fierce defender, but at the same time, I can get down on one knee. I can look my sons in their eyes and I can coach them and I can teach them and I can love them and I can shepherd them. Also after that, we look at confrontation because there is this part and there is this fight. We're called to be in a fight. 
And some of you guys are in it right now. And Jesus is our leader in the fight. And that's really what raising the standard is about. You know, it comes from Isaiah 59, where it's this picture uh, that really mirrors the culture and, and what we're seeing right now. It's uh, mediocrity. It's people that have lost their way. And through the prophet Isaiah, there's a, there's a prophecy that comes forward that when the enemy comes in, the Lord will raise up a standard. And that standard is referencing a battle standard, but that standard is Jesus. So how can you lift up the name of Jesus? How can you walk along in your character and your conduct following him? Because guys, he's got big plans for you. And if you want to truly maximize your potential, there's no other way you will do it outside of following Jesus. Well, Josh, that's so good. Thank you so much again for coming on the Free Life Leadership Podcast. It's been so good to get to know you. It's been so good to talk through these things. We don't have much more time, but I will use the time we have left to just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Um, guys, if you're listening or if you're watching and you want to know more, you want to hear more, you want to read more, I encourage you to go to s59.com. Get with uh, You can follow Josh on most all social media platforms, follow him on Instagram, check him out on TikTok, get his book, The Standard. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss out on what is inside the cover pages of this booklet here. Um, and I can't wait to explore, you know, whatever is 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 next between the Free Live Leadership Podcast and Raising the Standard Podcast. Josh, uh, Josh thank you so much for everything. And um, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's an honor, brother. Thank you. Th thank you.